0: Good morning people of God this is Apostle Shirley Evans the day being October 12th 2020 today is Monday October 12th 2020. the time now is 851 a.m I love you Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. And let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your air. So I love you this morning, Holy Spirit. As this word go out this morning, I thank you for breaking me, molding me, filling me, to use me in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the voice that you've given me, Lord God, because like I said yesterday that many Voices have been silenced in death. So while we have breath and voice, help us, Lord, to bring glory to you and to take the voice, use the voice to pour love into others in the name of Jesus. Father, you are aligning your people with you. You are imparting truth to them. Your word says, in the last days, knowledge shall be increased. Well, there's knowledge of truth and there's some knowledge of lies. We're going to stay on the road of the knowledge of truth. We thank you, Holy Spirit. What a wonderful time just to speak of your love because the king of love, my shepherd is whose goodness faileth never, I nothing lack if I am his and he is mine forever. So I pray that when this message reaches you, it'll meet you with a heart of peace, a heart of love, a heart of comfort and that your mind will be so transformed until be transformed in this mind of worship pure worship and so as you know we start off with songs and then we bring the word of god So I'm starting off with the king of love, my shepherd is, because that's the song he dropped first thing in my spirit this morning. The king of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth, and where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Pervous and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. In death's dark vale, I fear no ill, With thee, dear Lord, beside me, Thy rod and staff, my comfort still, Thy cross before to guide me. Thou spreadst a table in my sight, Thy unction grace bestow it, and oh what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth and so through all the length of days thy goodness fail it never good shepherd may i sing thy praise within thy house for ever. What a wonderful shepherd. What a wonderful savior. What a wonderful king of love my shepherd is. I don't know about you, but I love him. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today because you cared for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. My heart, my mind, My soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me way back on Calvary. That's why I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. And that's why my heart is filled with praise and there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of god a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of god give me one pure and holy passion give me one magnificent obsession Give me one glorious ambition for my life, to know and follow hard after you. To know and follow hard after you, to grow as your disciple in your truth. The world is empty, pale, and cold compared to knowing you, my Lord. Lead me on, and I will run after you. To know and follow hard after you. To grow as your disciple in your truth. The world is empty, pale, and cold compared to knowing you, my Lord. Lead me on, and I will run after you. Give me one pure and holy passion. Give me one magnificent obsession. Give me one glorious ambition for my life to know and follow hard after you. To know and follow hard after you. You grow as your disciple in your truth. The world is empty, pale and cold compared to knowing you, my Lord. Lead me, Lord, and I will run after you. Lead me, Lord, and I will run after you. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, yes. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of god O oh, jesus blessed redeemer send from the heart of god hold thou who wait before thee near to the heart of God, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Yesterday, we continued with our message of being loose to love again. And we talked about the anointing, the Lord. I'm sure most of us didn't know that. We always talk about, he anointed me, he anointed me. But we never realized when we pour our worship on him, we anointing him. And that's what he desires. Today, we're going to speak about breaking the alabaster box. I said something yesterday, I'm sure um, most of us didn't, didn't think of that revelation. It's, it's that he said, you have to break it. When you break it, consider it being you and the hymen had to be broken. Consider you bring the box, consider you, just think of you being the body Just think of the Lord Jesus on the cross. His body had to be broken. He had to be, they passed him. Out of his side came the blood and water. You look at yourself. We are children of the Most High God. We are joint heirs with him. And the Bible says jesus suffered so arm yourself likewise that you too will suffer that means you too would should want to reach that place of broken bread and poured out wine if someone knock you it hurts but if someone beat you it pains but yet it pleased the lord to bruise him in isaiah 53. and so the suffering the persecution for righteousness sake now I'm not talking about unrighteousness because when we come to know the lord to accept jesus we think that all is sweet and dandy and we don't have to go through no persecution no suffering that is not so the bible say to know him in his suffering you sing i want to be more like you jesus i want to be more like you i want to be a vessel you can use I want to be more like you. Well, check the prophets of old. Check the God-fearing people of old. They had to go through persecution. They had to go through suffering. They had to go through pain. And if we are joint heirs, we too will go through. For righteousness sake. And if nobody ever told you that, mark the scriptures because it speaks of it. So I'm saying, put yourself as that body which will be crushed. Which will be crushed by people speaking hurtful things to you. The Bible says some of us will be thrown into prison. Some of us would go before magistrates. We didn't do nothing, but all of this is crushing and squeezing and beating the oil out of you so it could flow. All you think is just going to church raising their hands and, and uh, no. You either want to go deeper and high in him or you want to stay on the sand out to the shore but there are deeper depths that we can go. But to go to deeper depths, yes, you will be persecuted. Yes, you will go through pain. It, the pain sometimes will pierce your very heart because it all depends on where the pain is coming from. Who's piercing you? and there are times you want to give up but no no he gives you the grace and he says you have to go through this when we look at the life of the apostle Paul well, were we still reading his letters and so he had to go through pain he had to go through much suffering and when we look at Jesus we see suffering but when we look at Jesus, we see glory. How do you expect the glory to be revealed in us if we do not go through the process? But if you draw back, then the worship that comes at you are not real. It's not pure. So the more you the more you go through trials, tests, persecution, it takes you to higher dimensions, deeper dimensions. Of worship, pure. And so here we are going to speak about breaking the alabaster box. Breaking the alabaster box. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, 20, and 21 says, And I will give them one heart. Now, remember the box is the alabaster box, but there's something inside of the box. Like somebody gives you a gift is a box. Beautiful ribbon on the outside. But then you have to open up that box. When you open it, then you're going to see the gift. And I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep Mine ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. So people of God this morning, that's the scripture, but I'm not finished. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart Of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their own way upon their own heads, said the Lord. An undivided heart indicates a unanimous singleness of purpose. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. An undivided heart indicates a unanimous singleness of purpose. No longer will God's people seek many gods. They will be content with God. The hard, deaf, immovable heart of stone will be radically transplanted with a tender or pliable, receptive, and responsive heart of flesh. So he has to take off, take out this heart of stone. He's he's remove it. So that's why the box has to be broken. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 39, the word declares, I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children after them. We must develop that singleness of heart and action to love God above anything else. Poor old wine. Poor old wine. We are at poor old wine. Well, Let's go to 1 John chapter 12 and 3. I want to show you something. 1 John 12 and 3. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John. No. No, not 1 John. John chapter 12. John chapter 12 and 3. John chapter 12 and verse 3 says Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. I told you about the the um alabaster the spike net that was given to me, and trust me when that was broken, I mean for days and days and days, the sand was still in my house it didn't stay in one room it was spread in my house, breaking the alabaster box what is An alabaster box. I'm glad you asked. The dictionary describes it as a kind of white stone used for making statues and vases. What is a stone? A stone is a hard non-metallic material of which rocks are made. I saw some pictures yesterday of, of, of some stones. It was like, I was like, oh God, you're so awesome. I just saw them, the beauty in the stones. I saw the beauty in the rocks. I saw the beauty in the trees. And so I saw more beauty of nature. The more, the closer you get to God, the more you appreciate nature. You appreciate it. You can see, you can see clearly now the rain is gone. I I can see all obstacles in my way. Darker the cloud, gone at the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright, bright sunshiny day. And so therefore, when I was looking at it, I'd never seen such brightness and such beauty because, because every day God is removing the scales for me to see clear, clearer. A heart of stone is a hard or unemotional personality. Now, I've met people like that. It's absolutely, you'd be like, they blank. You cannot describe them. A heart of stone is a hard or unemotional personality. So a stony heart is a heart that does not forgive. It's adamant, like an adamant stone, hard and heartless, indifferent. An adamant heart is stubborn, it's unyielding, it's unbending. Hebrews 5 and 8 says, Jesus learned obedience in the things he suffered. Suffering brings out glory. The Bible says after you've suffered for a while, the glory will be revealed in us. It will bring out true worship. The more you are broken, he takes you to another dimension of worship. Check David out. He had to hide from Saul, but aren't you reading his Psalms and singing his Psalms today, that's suffering. The more I went through persecution and the more I went through pain over and over, every time he took me to another dimension in my heart, sometimes I'm like, I wonder if I could go another step. Sometimes you mightn't say it, but, but you think it in your, in your thought. Is it worth it? Oh, yes, it's worth it. It's worth it. While David was running and hiding. Hiding in caves. From Saul. But look what God brought out of him. Worship. The sufferings cannot be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Cannot. Holiness is what I long for. We must get to the place, if we want to get to that place, because it's a choice. We want to get to that place of wanting, yielding, to be his broken bread and portaled wine. Broken bread and portaled wine. And yes, you will be rejected. And yes, you will suffer many things. Yes, you will. The Bible says, Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That's in Matthew 5 and 10. And remember, remember um, where it speaks about. Um, let me find it. Help me, Jesus, to find it. Where it says that a heart will be passed. Oh blessed be the name of Jesus. This is when when the prophet came in to speak about the dedication of, of Jesus. Give me one pure and holy peasant. Yes. And anyway, when I find it, I'll let you know. Look up, my Lord. If you're not willing to be yielded for your heart to be passed then uh, you're not really really ready to get to the next dimension where Zacharias was prophesying and um, he was saying how um, oh blessed Lord, When I find it, I'll give it to you. Yes, I will find it and give it to you. Nevertheless, I'm going to pass that because I didn't find it. What we're going to speak about. I said to you, there are times when your heart will be passed. And passed by, you never know who. Passed by those close to you. Passed by your own family. Passed by people you don't know. Passed by the people who you think are gonna give you comfort. You run to the church, but yet you get passed there. And so God allows all of that to happen. So, when it happens, you get so and the different dimensions of him that you can discern the hearts of others and when you discern the hearts of others, would you still love them? Would you still pour your love on them? We're talking about breaking the alabaster box. The second posture that we need in order to experience God in his fullness. Service permeated with worship and a life committed to his Lordship. These postures correspond to anointing Jesus, not only as prophet, but also as priest and king. When we anoint Jesus as priest in our lives, we recognize his goodness and we serve others through him as we offer him continual praise. When we anoint him as king, we honor and obey him as Lord and we worship him. Not because of anything specific that he has done, but because he is altogether worthy of our praise. The first posture was repentance, but as we develop our day to day relationship with him, we're not to be always crying on the altar. Asking for forgiveness. Some people, every Sunday they go to church, they're at the altar crying. Crying for forgiveness. At this point in our spiritual maturity, there should be some things that we've overcome. He's forgiven us. And we're not going back. We may have something new to ask for forgiveness for next week or next month. But it shouldn't be the same thing. As he raises us up, and he finds he finds that we're always willing to walk in obedience we are able to give him the priestly anointing as we stand beside him in service John chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 it will help us to understand more about the ministry of the priestly anointing then six days before the passover jesus came to bethany where lazarus was who he had who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. In this passage, Jesus comes to Bethany, and here we find Lazarus at the table with him. Could you imagine? Could you imagine in our society this day? You heard of Sammy dying five weeks ago, And then you discover her about this miracle how how someone raised Sami from the dead. And next thing you know, you hear that Sami is sitting in someone's house. And that means everybody from all over Nassau is peeping and looking and trying to get a glimpse to see if this is real truth. That a dead living man is sitting at the table. Every newscaster, the Guardian, the Punch, and whatever the newspaper, and ZNS and all the other TV stations will be watching the gossip and say, you think that's true? Sitting at the table. Lazarus was dead, but now he is alive. I'm sure a lot of them in their heart, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to bury him again because they, they, they of their unbelief because Jesus raised him. Many other people have come to see Lazarus. They have been talking about his resurrection and they've been trying to find out how it happened. Lazarus doesn't have anything to say. He don't need to say anything. He doesn't have to say nothing because he's a living witness. Let me note here that there are times when you don't have to say anything You just walk out on your fate. You just live it out. There are times when you don't have to put a cross around your neck or Bible under your arm. All you have to do is live right, walk right, talk right, and let people see the glory of the Lord upon you. You can imagine the people in Bethany saying, look at him. Look at him. Lazarus looks as if the glory of the Lord is upon him. They are so happy to see Lazarus, to see a miracle. However, in the midst of the miracle that they see in Lazarus, they forgotten about Jesus. How a lot of times we get a gift from Jesus. And we are so taken over with the gift. We forget to give her, we forget to give the, the give praise. They've forgotten about Jesus. Jesus has come, but they are looking at Lazarus. Doesn't that sound familiar? Don't you often hear people say, Oh, did you see that woman get up and walk away from that walker? And did you hear his testimony or her testimony? That man was healed of cancer. That woman was healed of cancer. These things are good in themselves because we're to expect signs and wonders to occur these signs will follow those who believe jesus said demons will come out in his name healings will take place in his name nevertheless these things are never to take precedence over the worship that we are to give him because otherwise you end up with people who worship miracles so a lot of people still worshiping miracles they follow those who are able to cast out demons They thought it's happening. It's happening so much, so much now. They forget Jesus. They're following the people. They follow those who are able to lay hands on the sick and restore them. They follow those who are able to give them a prophetic word. It's happening. It's happening. However, the giver is the one whom we need to seek out and worship. Not the gift. He expects us not to... He expects us not to worship the one who is able to lay hands on us for healing. We're not to worship them because that person is not the one who really healed us. God says that we are to worship him above all others. Now, could you imagine as the people are busy talking about Lazarus, all he does is sit there Probably had on his best suit that day. In the same way, people will examine you. So they were examining him. They will check you out. They'll try to find any kind of flaw in you that they can. They'll be looking for an inconsistency. I told you they came and checked me out. (laughs) Because they checked me out because... Here it is, as I explained to you, how my people threw me in a mental institution. And I never was crazy. And now after 14 days, I'm out. And now I go on a mission. (laughs) And so there, they now come to check me out. (laughs) Lord, I can laugh. I just bless your name. They'll be looking for any inconsistency. You should respond to just living out your faith. Don't worry if they start rumors about you. Don't even worry if they start telling lies about you. The truth will outlive a lie every time. Just keep on living uprightly and keep on walking uprightly. As the people are busy examining Lazarus, John 12 and 2 says, they made Jesus a supper and Martha served. You have to have the heart of a servant. And if you really want to have the heart of a servant, you have to understand what being a servant is all about. Like I said, they were checking him out. And they were checking me out. But some of the people who were checking me out, they were the ones who said there's no God in me. But they were the same. I remember one particular person, uh, for years they couldn't have any children. But the woman who they were checking out to see, wonder if she real? end up calling forth the baby and instead of the baby coming the babies came be careful how you check out people you don't know they might be the same one who need to come and pray for you and they would have already told all kind of lies but they have to come back and repent blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus you have to have the heart of a servant and if you really want to have the heart of a servant you have to understand what being a servant is all about. A servant is not one who is lazy, but one who comes and says, may I help you? The other day, I'm not calling her name because she'll be so angry because she is such a servant of of heart. I mean, she has pure worship. and She came here the other day and she brought um, some fruits to me and and, um, then uh. she came back again i said something to her and she said oh don't worry about that i'm going to do that for you and i was like no 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 she said you're not going to tell me what to do because i am i am your servant god has called me to do this and you're not going to stop my blessing i she said i take a delight in serving you oh my gosh and then afterwards it reminded me of how I had to take so many people in my house and I had to serve them. And many days I was like, God, they could cook for themselves because I have a stove in there and you've given me grocery and I've shared it with them. Why do I have to go and cook it and serve them? But the thing about it, if you never did it, you're not, it's not going to come back to you, but you had to, he had to teach me to have a servant heart. A servant is one not lazy. But one who comes and says, may I help you? Please, may I get you some water? May I visit you? May I come take of your children? Martha served. She's busy serving. She's taking good care of the gentlemen gathered there. Yeah, that was good. She had a servant heart. However, there's more to servanthood than keeping busy or even helping others. Martha was also the one who was distracted with much serving. That's in Luke chapter 10 verse 40. There are some people who are so preoccupied with doing and doing and doing for the Lord that they never worship him. They don't have the time because they're just doing and doing. You have to step aside and find time to worship. They love to lead in prayer, but they never really pray. They love to lead worship, but they are never really worshiping as they lead. God wants us to understand that the doing and the serving are good. It's good. But they can never take the place of our worship and of our ministry of anointing him worship and service have to go together they both have to go together john chapter 12 verse 3 then mary took upon a very costly oil of spikenard i'm telling you it is so sweet anointed the feet of jesus and wiped his feet with her hair even in the midst of the busy work of ministry there are those whose attitude is i'm going to wipe his feet I'm going to make sure that Jesus gets all the attention that he deserves. Even in the midst of a church service, even in the midst of ministry, even in the midst of going to the prisons. I remember one time I went to the prison and I just happened to be with a group. But the only reason I was with the group was God wanted me to be. And soon I stepped in that, in that area. Uh, Because I'm a worshiper, I I, I was worshiping. And of course, they had to tell me, uh uh-uh, you know, certain things you can't do here. Well, I was worshiping, okay? I'm not breaking the law. And so the people who were waiting to go in, I was able to minister to everyone in them because you worship one, but when the light shines, it shines on every one of them. And I was able to go into that prison. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm just along with the group. But the next thing I knew, they asked me to speak. When I, and I got up to speak. As I got up to speak, the birds stood in the middle of the door and had attention. And I ministered. And next thing I knew, the Spirit of the Lord took over my tongue. And I was speaking in Creole. <laughs> Afterwards, I realized it was Creole. I was speaking in Creole and I was speaking in French. And one of the prisoners, he was ministering to her in that language. Because that was her language. And she wept like a baby. And so I went to prison to minister to prisoners many, 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 many times. I thank God for that. So where were we? Even in the midst of a church service, even in the midst of ministry, even in the midst of going to to the prisons, even in the midst of visiting people in the hospital, I had two years of hospital ministry every day until the nurses knew me until they would say, come, 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 come in intensive care. You just don't go into in intensive care. You have to have a family there. But when they would see me, they'd come. I'd go in there and Jesus would heal the people. That was a time of hospital ministry. Do you know a lot of pastors don't want to go to the hospital? They can't bear to see the sick people. Well, I was one of them. I couldn't bear to see blood. And I was like, I have to go. Yeah. By the time God finished with you, you have a heart of compassion and you will go there. By the time He finish, you finish going through the crushing and crushing, he can pour the oil in you, out of you, to flow to the people for healing. Blessed be the name of, Je- of Jehovah. Even in the midst of bringing in the homeless. So here I was bringing the homeless here for years. And bringing them in caused my family to say, she's crazy. We're going to get rid of her. (laughs) Blessed be the name of Jesus. Even in the midst of driving the church bus or directing traffic in the parking lot, these servants of God need to anoint his feet. They need to give him some attention. They must make sure he knows that even though they're serving, even though they're working in the house of the Lord, they need to worship him. There is something about someone who is constantly giving the Lord praise and giving the Lord worship, even while he or she is working. These servants of God are living on a higher level of communion with him. You see, there are some folks who will come into the house of the Lord and they will worship while the music is playing. But when they are in the parking lot directing traffic, it's an entirely different thing. You have to have an attitude that God, Lord, you have to have an attitude that says to God, you are worthy all the time. You're worthy while I'm working. You're worthy while I'm walking. You're worthy while I'm at the food store. You're worthy while in my car. I'm going to praise you. You're worthy when I'm walking on the street. I'm going to praise you're worthy while I'm cleaning the trash. Uh, You are worthy. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Mary anointed Jesus feet with a costly oil. And the fragrance of the oil filled the room. The fragrance was so sweet that everyone in the room could experience her worship. I know there are times. I'm out in business places, like say, take, for instance, the mall. I'm all through the mall worshiping. And my worship, next thing I know, the crowd is coming towards me. They're coming towards me. They're coming towards the anointing of Jesus. They need that. They have a smile on their face, but in their heart, they're pained. When was the last time your worship made somebody else happy? You don't really intend for it to make others happy because you're not concerned about whether they are listening to you or not. You are lifting up your praise to God alone. One time, I, I, I somebody did me something so bad. They hurt me so bad. I pulled up to the mall and I parked my car and I walked inside that mall and I was weeping and talking to God and say, God, why did they do that to me? And I was weeping, walking and talking to God. Why did they do that? And next thing I know, I break out into worship. I break out into worship. And while I was worshiping, next thing I know, I saw a, a, a set of twins and they came towards me, and there's the, oh, sister, and they came worshiping, and that was a worship experience in the mall. Blessed be the name, but I was broken. The more you're broken, the more that worship would pour out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You don't really intend for it to make others happy because you're not concerned about whether they're listening to you or not. You're lifting your praise to God alone. But when your worship becomes so good that it starts to overflow and fill the room and you are giving Jesus much love and attention, those sitting next to you will catch a glimpse of his glory on you and they will start getting happy. Have you ever sat next to somebody who was worshiping the Lord in this way? So much so that it was contagious. You could almost smell it. You could almost feel it. You sensed the excitement. You knew that something was happening. Even if it wasn't for you, there was something inside you that made you want it to happen to you. Oh God, something inside me, I cannot explain. Something inside me that banishes pain. Something inside me, I cannot explain all that I know there is something within and you started thinking if I could just get a taste of what that person is experiencing then I'd feel like I'm going to be all right pain banished I believe that God is saying to us I want you to, to understand that when you really worship as you're walking as you're working, as you're taking care of children, as you're singing maybe in the, de- in the deaf ministry or whatever else you might be doing, everybody around you is going to begin to want what you have. Everybody around you is going to start looking at you and they're going to see how transparent you are. You will not be a closet Christian and you will not be somebody who worships only on Sundays. You will say, I'm wide open. I worship everywhere, I worship anywhere. I will give the Lord glory because he's worthy. Then others will smell the fragrant oil of worship, of your worship. You'll make them feel as if they're missing something as they watch you bless the Lord. You will make them jealous so that they'll begin to do what you're doing. If you're willing to do that, I promise you, that the fragrance of your worship will change the atmosphere where you are. As a matter of fact, I'm speaking to you right now, and I'm sure your atmosphere has been changed. Charged. Changed. Rashe Mama mama kiti doro kuti ya masato roro masia e sama mama ndoro sotorere kora na da e mama manele kuti ya kuri ya rasia shinkine nana kuri ya rasia ramama mande turu ya mandio sotorara makiyara rasia ndara ramama soto mama mande setoro doro masa. Yes sir. Yikite yama, ikita ma shite yomande sete, ikuna mama ni kunia masana dara. Rama mene sete ku sida. rama dodo soto Iikurama ya masata. haya yang, yikite te nada rasete kuri yama. Isana nana nama kuri yama kotia yes yes you can begin to anoint the lord at any time by blessing him tell him god i'm with you god i thank you for being my friend i'm here to serve you lord whatever you want me to do i'm ready i'm willing father while i'm doing it i just want you to know that i'm going to let a sweet smelling fragrance come out of my lips i'm going to let everybody know that i'm worshiping you i don't mind if they know it i want them to know it i want them to be blessed by my worship i want you to be blessed and i want others to join me in anointing you if many are anointing the lord with their worship We don't have to depend on two or three people to carry the load. Everybody in the house of the Lord ought to bring about a change in the atmosphere. That's what happened inside the book of Acts. They were all on one accord. Worshipping, praising, and the anointing came. Everybody should be anointing the Lord, giving him drippings of oil. A year ago, I had a vision where I was sitting down in my house and all of a sudden I felt this oil pouring on my body. I looked at the ceiling and I don't know where the oil was coming from. And I was like, someone must be upstairs pouring this oil on me. And so I went every room, I moved so the oil could stop every room I went, the oil was still pouring. So I said, let me come at this house. So I came at the house, walked outside and I walked outside and the oil was pouring from the heavens like rain, like heavy rain. And everywhere I walked through the city, the oil was still pouring on me until I ended a big building and and the oil was still pouring on me and I break off into towns and travail and and I could hear people laughing at me because they thought this person gotta be crazy and i ended up at a big table sitting down the oil was still pouring but i went into prophetic gave god some perfume to let him know that you're present in his house say to him even if nobody else wants to worship i brought my oil it cost me something but you're worthy others can laugh at me while i'm worshiping but i don't care i've been to places where 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 that that, that spirit of worship come on me like that And people are laughing at me, don't care, don't mind. Others can laugh at me while I'm worshiping, but I don't care because you're worthy Lord. You've been my friend. I want to let the world know that I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not ashamed to worship. I am not ashamed to cry. I'm not ashamed to bless you. I will bless you in church. I will bless you at work. Because I am a worshipper and worshippers don't know the difference between Sunday and Tuesday. Worshippers can't tell the difference between day and night. Every day is Sunday to me because I am a worshipper. John chapter 12 verse 3. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Let the house be filled. Can you smell his presence now? Let the house be filled with the fragrance of worship. Let him know that you love him. Let him know that you need him. Let him know that you honor him. He is the one for whom we live. His presence is what we seek. And when we fill the house of the Lord with worship, he comes. He comes bringing healing, not just for you, but also for the person next to you. We must understand that we are not worshiping just for ourselves. We are worshiping so that the whole house might be filled with his glory. We are worshiping for the sinner standing next to us so that he will become jealous of our relationship with the Lord and want to know him too. We are worshiping for the sick ones standing beside us so that they will be healed. Let the weak say, I am strong in the presence of the Lord. Our exposed worship, our transparent worship, frees God to bless those who are beside us. We can't be ashamed of worshiping him because it leads us to the final level of anointing where we anoint him as the king. Now understand that there are some people who will be indignant at your transparent worship. They'll think you're showing off. Many times they think that about me, doesn't matter. They won't know, they won't care about the reality of your worship because they don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. They'll be like Judas thinking that you shouldn't have spent so much that you shouldn't that you should go that far in your worship. However, we really can't go far enough. We need to show him all the honor that he truly deserves. My little body can't give him enough praise. My little mouth can't bless him enough. My hands can't wave enough. My knees can't bow enough, but I'm going to do the best I can as much as I can, as long as I can. And if our praise bothers someone else, that's all right. Because he promises us, he will tell people, leave him or leave her alone. You don't know like he know, you don't know like I know what I've done for him or for her. Leave her alone. You weren't there when I communed with her. You don't have any idea why he or she is crying so hard. Leave him, leave her alone. It's not because he's done anything wrong. It's not because she's done anything wrong. It's because I've done everything right. Leave him and leave her alone. He says, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. She has done what she could. So, go ahead and worship. Let the tears flow. Nobody knows what you've been through. And nobody has to know. When you cry, maybe it will free others to cry. When you wave, maybe it will free others to lift your hands to God also. When you open your mouth, maybe it will free others to go ahead and let what's inside them come out. Anointing means. Anointing him as priest will bring us to a place where we're able to anoint him as king of our lives. When we arrive at that place, we're not just willing to serve him, but we're also willing to commit our lives to his lordship. We anoint him not because of anything he's done, but because he's the king of kings. In Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9, we spoke of it the other day. After being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster box of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his feet, on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrance oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denario and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply, but Jesus said, let her alone, why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me, for you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always, she has done what she could. She has come before I unto anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, What this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. This woman comes to the house of Simon the leper in Bethany where Jesus is having a meal and everybody watches as she breaks the alabaster box and pours oil on Jesus' head. The time has come and a little oil is not going to be enough. The Bible says that the woman took the box and broke it. When you break the box There's something inside of it, it's a bottle with oil. So you have to break it so the bottle inside could be crushed, so it could be poured out. So when we go through our brokenness and brokenness and brokenness, don't stop. Go to the point of being broken so the bottle inside could be crushed and the oil could pour out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That means that she was not holding anything back anymore. Just let yourself go and worship. Just go through your brokenness and let that pure worship come out. Although her action, yes, and in it's pain, but it's worth it. The songwriter says, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Although action foretold Jesus' coming crucifixion and served to anoint his body for burial, her heart was also anointing him as king because she recognized that he was altogether worthy of her love and honor. She held nothing back in her worship to him. The time has now come when you and I, too, have to break your alabaster box and let it all go. You and your little conservative self. You and your little sophisticated self. You and your aristocratic self. You need to get place, to that place and let it go. Let your box be broken. You are going to have to break loose and let go. Well, some things are happening now in this world. A lot of people are going to get to the place where they're going to be broken and they're going to be poured out. You're going to have to open up everything you've been holding on. You are going to have to open up everything you've been holding in. God has been too good to you for you to hold back now. I can hear Jesus saying, I deserve to hear your worship. I deserve to have it. I deserve to have it. You aren't coming just to anoint my feet now. You aren't coming just to anoint me because I pray for you. You're coming to anoint me even if I don't do anything else for you. You are coming to anoint me as the king of kings because you know I'm worthy. You know there's nobody like me. You know that I am over you. You know that I'm the one you adore i'm the one you live for i'm the one you're committing your life to i'm the one you will obey no matter what if i say run you'll run if i say leap you'll leap if i say follow your faith you're going to follow your faith because you're willing to crown me as king of your life you know that when you're willing to rely on me and worship me as king you're making a lifestyle commitment you're making commitment not just as a praiser, but also as a worshiper. You're making commitment to worship me not just on Sunday, but every day. Worshippers walk right. Worshippers witness every chance they get. Worshippers are not ashamed. Worshippers stand in the gate. They stand in the gap. Worshippers pray for those who oppose them. Worshippers entrust themselves to God so completely that they are not merely involved; they are moving past involvement and on to commitment. There's a story about a man who ordered ham and eggs. I heard that story probably three times. The man was very hungry, and he was so glad when his order arrived that he told the waiter, "I'm so thankful that this plate of ham and I am so thankful for this plate." of 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 and eggs the waiter said to him yeah but you need to know something the chicken who laid the eggs so that you could eat got involved but the pig was totally committed to your breakfast why the pig gave his life you can be involved and you can even lay a few eggs but when you're committed you lay down your life blessed be the name of the lord We need to say to the Lord, you've given me life. Therefore, I am no longer just going to be involved. King of my life, I crown you now. I want my life, not just my deeds, not just my words, not just my praise. I want my life to crown you king every day. I want my life itself to be praised to you. The time has come and God is not only looking for praises and worshippers. And he is looking for them. But he's also looking for those who will let their lives be praise. Who will let their lives be a worshipful offering to him. When this happens. You will be praising him all the time. You'll be worshiping worshiping him all the time. You'll be worshiping in the good times and in the bad times. When you're good and when you're not so good. When you feel as if you are on top of the world and when you feel as if the world is on top of you you are still worshiping him something new has happened now you're living a lifestyle of praise and worship in other words you're carrying him around everywhere you go talking to him and talking about him sometimes people say well who that woman talking to i talking to jesus i talking to the holy spirit your very life has become praise At this point, God knows he can trust you to worship him anywhere through a lifestyle of praise. This means that you will watch what you do. You'll watch where you walk, and you'll watch how you walk, and you'll watch how you talk. Even when you're working on your job, you won't be able to help but give him worthy praise. You won't let yourself do things that you used to do. You will say, I know God, I love him, and I've got to give him the glory that's due to his name. I'm going to worship my Savior. Worship becomes your life. Everywhere you go, you expect to give him glory. You'll say, if you wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I have a sacrifice of praise to offer. If you see me at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, in the middle of a rush hour, I still have an offering of praise because he's building a lifestyle of worship in me you have to kill the flesh to do that so that you can look at somebody who has just made you really angry and say that's all right I will praise the Lord I will worship the Lord having a lifestyle of praise means that you will give him a continual offering of worship as the priest did in the tabernacle of David that doesn't mean you'll necessarily walk around saying praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You, let's, let me say this. A lot of religious people walk around saying that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you don't have to walk around continually saying that. You don't have to walk around until he's saying praise the Lord hallelujah thank you Jesus and glory all the time you don't have to but worship will always be in your mouth it will always be there it's like a spout all you have to do is open your mouth and it comes out God will be able to count on continual praise from you you have become his ark of the covenant in the earth you are bearing his presence his presence in you has begun to flow When people see you coming, they will see that you've been in his presence, that you are carrying his glory. When you have your hands lifted up to praise him, his glory will rest on your shoulders as it rested with the ark of the covenant between the cherubims that lean over the top of the mercy seat. Let me repeat what I say. The glory of God will rest upon you. About a year ago, someone came up to me and said, what kind of What kind of lotion do you put on your face? Your face is so smooth. Your face is glowing. The only answer I could say, it's the glory of God. Ain't no lotion. Ain't no special thing. They will see the glory. It's resting on you. Let that thought sink in in for a moment. Then I want you to recall the fact that he first waits for you to anoint him as prophet. Be careful not to be self-righteous. Tell him how much you appreciate his shed blood and the cleansing power of his word. Then anoint him as priest. Stand beside him, serve him, and become involved in the lives and needs of others. That is your worship. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's Romans 12 and 1. The word in Greek for service indicates worship. When you worship, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means don't be what people expect you to be. Don't let them squeeze you into their mold. People may say that you shouldn't praise, that worship is not appropriate, but it's always appropriate if they say it's against our policies forget the policies it's better to obey God than to obey man and God says that when we please him he will make even our enemies to be at peace with us that's Proverbs 16 and verse 7 I just have a reflection just now of the young man on the side of the road proclaiming the gospel And he gets a fine to go to court because he's, I call it, worshiping and praising and proclaiming the gospel. So guess what? He was doing what is right. As a matter of fact, what he was doing, he was proclaiming the word of God. Now, the police who came and gave him that fine or whatever, he was doing his duty. But he couldn't see the spiritual part of it and he didn't have the mercy part of it to say okay son I know what you're doing it's biblical but the law say you're supposed to have a mass on you when you're in the street and I'm saying to you the next time make sure you do it and it didn't have to reach as far as going to court <laughs> blessed be the name of the Lord. I promise you worshippers always win. Worshipers always win. So that young man never went to jail. <laughs> because worshippers always win. He'll break open a prison for a worshipper. He shut the mouth of a lion for a worshipper. Worship him in spirit and in truth. And crown him king of your life. God is looking for someone who wants his or her life to be a praise to him. I challenge you to break your alabaster box. Break it and begin to anoint the Lord. Anoint him as the prophet of your life. Anoint him as your high priest. Anoint him as your king. He's waiting for you. I urge you to let him hear your praise and feel your love. If you want your whole life to be a praise to God, then just tell him so. Present yourself to him. Open your mouth and anoint him with your worship. Let him know you are in the house. Let him know you are in the house. Tell him, here I am, Lord. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the new and living way. Thank you that you are not only able to consecrate me, but that you are also able to take me to a deeper place in you. Thank you, Lord. Break that box. Let him go. Break that box and let him in. Break that box of your heart and let him in. Go all the way in and love him for who he is. He's listening for your praise and worship. So start right now. Every day you owe him some time just to make love to him find a song find some words find something from your spirit to let him know that he is the king of your life that he is the forgiving one that he is the priest that you depend on let him know how much you love him and while you're doing that i promise you you won't be able to bring any reproach on his name you'll be able to walk even more closely to Him. Just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be just a closer walk with him. You'll be able to see him even more clearly than before. And as you worship with others, you will experience glory in unity. So Father, help us. I am weak, but thou art strong jesus keep me from all harm i'll be satisfied as long let me walk dear lord close to thee just a closer walk with thee Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. In this world of toils and snares, if I fall, the Lord who cares. None but you, my burden bears. None but you, dear Lord, none but thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Grounded, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. And now that we've broken our alabaster box, and now that we poured it on him, now the glory in unity because now you are anointed with him. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Now you can have the perfection of worship. Now that you can have the reflection of glory. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning, Holy Spirit. May we apply the words to our heart. May May we not be just hearers of the word, but may we be doers of the word. Father, I thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. Cover us with your grace and your mercy today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Help us to let our light shine in the world so others can see you and glorify you. And Father, I pray that the people who will get this word today, made finds there, there, peace still there. May the peace of God that passes all understanding continue to guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. I love you. This is Apostle Shirley Evans saying, stay safe, stay safe. Continue to pour your love out to others. I love you. Have a blessed day in the Lord.